Hi, Danielle. Hi. How are you? I'm doing amazing. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, actually. Um, I thought, well, we were talking about kind of uh, last time in the podcast of how the weeks have been and that the energy had sort of uh, been feeling, uh, feeling fairly tense, uh, chaotic uh, and lots of things going on. Um, but it sort of feels like that settled a little bit. And in that process, I've uh, been listening to a few different people I've come across over the last year, uh, spiritual speakers who talk about meditation or um, any of the sort of systems that they use that help people move towards um, out of a crazy place, out of the storm mm -hmm. and into a much, you know, land in a much better place and how they can manage that process and what, um, what tools they can use uh, and apply on a regular basis where if they do do that they can start to notice a big difference and it was sort of prompted I think we'd started to enter into that a little bit uh, in our previous podcast about different things that we use right when we were but using the canon analogy exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and we were looking at what happens when something's really intense so I was listening to Dabaji, who um, was on a talk recently, and he was also looking at this idea. He talks about how uh, we start the healing process after we've been in the storm and reflecting over the last year, really. So even though we're in different countries, everybody's had an experience of what the government's response is to COVID and lockdown and it's limited people's lives to some degree mm -hmm. and there have been people who have used that time to go inward and reflect and uh, use that space and other people have used that space uh, lots of creativity has emerged out of that process mm -hmm. people have found parts of themselves that you know they've discovered that they didn't know they had right. and then there are other people have just been really scared and anxious and fearful and even though there's the idea that we're sort of coming out of some of those intense lockdowns in different states or the UK is different to different parts of uh, Europe, it also still means that some people will have that tension, will have that stress. And of course, we know with the research that, you know, too much prolonged stress and tension is not good for the immune system and it keeps right. you in that state of heightened anxiety. So, um, I wanted to sort of bring through some of the ideas that he was talking about, but also when we've talked before, some of the tips that we use and, uh, and things that we apply on a daily basis. So uh, Davaji actually talks about sort of five different areas and um, uh, within this sort of system of creating uh, healing uh, for the mind, body and spirit uh, when we're coming out of that storm and that storm can be anything and so the storm that people are maybe starting to experience coming out of now wasn't necessarily thunder lightning lots of rain and and heavy or it might have felt like that uh, at that point but in that consistent space of it's always raining or you can't open your door because the gales are too strong or you can't step outside because the sea's too rocky and you're exposed to this uncertainty in this um, these conditions that make it difficult to run your life on day to day. Absolutely. So one of the areas that he sort of talks about, and I think we've hinted at this in, in previous episodes about the kind of things that help us navigate the past and move out of that space and move into a new space, which can equally be uh, scary for people is creating a sense of stillness so that, um, and and there is a tarot card in the deck, isn't it? Is it the Wheel of Fortune where it says, you know, all chaos can be crazy and surrounding you, but if but really what we're learning to do is sit in the center of the wheel. Yes. And the way to the way to sort of weather the storm and the ups and downs of life is to keep that centered position. And we talk about mm -hmm. creating this centeredness yeah. in meditation, in mindfulness, and in yoga. And that's usually the starting process for that is just noticing our breath. You know, people right. don't realize that when they're stressed, they can hold their breath. They don't breathe as deeply right. and they don't have a long, deep breath. So the, the, the process of experience stillness, which is 
you know, what I've been building into my daily practice and have moments of that scattered throughout the day. And it's a beautiful space to enter, especially if you've experienced a moment of chaos or a, a letter's come through and it's rocked your boat and you're stressful is just by taking in that first breath. So I yeah. thought we could we could think about stillness. So my technique, and then I'll ask you, it'd be helpful for you to share how you create that stillness for yourself and in your own yeah. life. For me, sometimes just as simple as um, turning off all the outer distractions, closing the laptop down. It could be 11 in the morning, it could be two o'clock in the afternoon, it could be 11 at night. Uh, and switch off and maybe have some music playing in the background and just leaning back in my favorite chair and just starting to notice my breath and just breathing in and allowing that and then just breathing out and that point of stillness can happen when we breathe in in yoga, sometimes what we do is we suspend the breath. And at that point, they call it the sort of zero feels. There is no past. There is no future. There just is. Mm -hmm. And then we breathe out and we let go. And then we breathe in. And it's just that process of breathing in and breathing out. And I find that the more that I do that, I do something like that every day, that the process of moving out of a state of, and I'm not talking about what we've talked about, in previous episodes which is trauma and right. things being e erupting and evoked at a high level um that requires sometimes a, a stabilization process so right, right. Uh, you've got to stabilize first then you sit down and you breathe in and you notice your breath and you can also just even now wherever you're sitting or lying is just even start to feel what your body feels like notice where your body feels heavy or where your body feels light how your feet feel when they're on the floor do you feel a, a cool sensation is the air coming around your feet or are you in a a hot climate do you feel the sweat beads on your brow can you even feel the muscles in the top of your head and it's moving into an element of mindfulness mindful moments and savoring and and the thing about stillness it's like you start to savor those experiences of when you start to notice so okay i'm a bit tight you know my shoulders a bit tight so i can notice that and then i can breathe into that space and then let that go and then and then i notice my knee and it's all these different spaces you can do and what happens is as i'm talking you through that process of what does it feel like if you notice your chest? What your arms like as they rest on the arms of the chair? Everything else that you would have been working on prior to that just starts can start to dissipate. Right. So that stillness of creating some stillness is really important. Yeah, breath is definitely a key ingredient to creating some form of stillness. I've noticed that I do a lot of the same, you know, I don't, not, I don't practice yoga and I don't practice breath work in that way, but I do pick up the, the tidbits of information I've learned through both to help, you know, reach what works for me. And I always start with just, okay, let's, let's take one breath. What does this breath feel like? Am I breathing in deep? Immediately I'll notice if I'm breathing in uh, a shallow breath, which I typically would do if I'm under a stressful mm. situation or there's a lot going on, or I feel like I'm, you know, being rushed or it's hectic. And then once I can say, okay, that's it. I now know to take that deeper breath. Now it's time to breathe as deep down into my diaphragm as I can, and then release that slowly. Now let's try to deep, let's breathe in a little bit deeper and then until it reaches your toes kind of breath. And then you come out and you breathe a longer breath out. And as you were just saying, that's when I begin to notice, like maybe I'm clenching my jaw. Maybe I'm rubbing the back of my tongue across the back of my teeth or across the top of my mouth. You know, me, I'm noticing that my shoulders are a little tighter than they are. Um, and through that de depth of breath, my chest is naturally releasing that tightness that happens when we breathe shallow breath. You know, there, because when you're breathing this shallow breathing, you're not receiving the oxygen that your body needs 
to function at this higher level that you deserve to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that I will always go to that five by five by five, the three, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. take five second breath and hold it for five seconds and release it for five seconds, three times and watch it really kind of reset the depth of breath you're taking, how it immediately puts you into recognition that you are tight in certain zones and it might need to release them, or it might show that you're having the feelings of anxiety or anxiousness in your heart space or in your, in your upper stomach area. And it just kind of allows that just the breath alone kind of allows you to, to soothe those things naturally. Yeah. And I think um, there was a plan as well that we're going to record just doing the five by five by five breath so that people can start to experience that because even because I practice this a while even when you start to notice your breath and like you say you start to notice whether there's tightness or lightness how your body feels I'm now more aware than I was five minutes ago I can actually hear even though my windows are closed the trees blowing in the wind and it's a sound that I absolutely love but I don't hear it when I'm sat here and now that Mm. I can feel there's a softer feeling to this just by starting to focus on that that I've tuned into that and I've noticed when I've sat in the back garden there's a whole range of bird sounds as well now that I tune into so there's something about how then your senses start to operate in different ways so it's an interesting sort of exploratory process that also done daily several times a day can really start to enable people to just move out of any anxiety because anxiety is often about the future fear is often about things that happened in the past that we can project into the future so by creating this presentness and presenteeism within this process we can then focus on creating the stillness and see what happens next and you can even start to imagine your breath being like i'm breathing in you know this white light or whatever it is that you associate with a, a clearer higher frequency breath you breathe in this this white energy or this golden energy and when you hold the breath imagine that you're transmuting all energy inside of you. And when you release the breath, you're releasing the transmuted energy back into the universe. And so sometimes if you attach the meaning to the breath, it kind of helps get your space into, okay, I am calming myself. I am releasing myself. I am taking this high anxiety and returning it and turning it into something more calm for myself so that I can make my way through this day. So yeah, there's all kinds of things we can do with breath. And, and but that's a really nice, uh, cause I think in a way as well, we're sort of introducing those stages, isn't it? And yeah. it's a really nice way of sort of saying, Hey, all we have to do is sit back, notice your breath and breathe, breathe. further than your chest, yeah. take it further down and start that. So that was sort of one area that like, uh, he looked at and it's something that we've been practicing uh, a while like you say and that's a nice point that you made that we, we we talk about the same thing but we're actually applying our skills in different ways right for the same yeah. result but different mechanisms to do that. because there's no one right way everybody exactly. has the way that works for them and yeah and you know you and I might come from different arenas, but it's, it's funny because we always end up in the same places, you know, like yeah. we might start here, start there through what we mindfully practice, but at the end of the day, the goal is the same goal. Yeah. And, you know, through, through trying to create stillness, it will always go back to breath and regardless of how you've learned how to do the breathing technique or what it's called at the yeah. end of the day, you are doing breath and you're just breathing. And if you take the deeper breath and you make your imagination go into the way that it's healing itself, or you just know that this breath is going to release these things, it's going to get you to the same space that, you know, what our personal experience is, how we detail it, whatever you do, the end result's still the same. It's a more of a stillness for ourselves, a relaxing. Yeah. And it, and it can be something that prompts that, um, because like you say, it's natural. And 
in other arenas, you know, they might call it a conscious breath and the conscious breath is breathing in and out your mouth. And the same thing, which is like waves. Yeah. So you can have a whole session just doing that. And already, as you can hear, just by me starting to focus on my breath and interestingly, some of the stuff that we've been listening to is about the throat chakra, you know, so yeah. you, you, you breathe in and you start to clear whatever these blockages are that collects in our system. We talked a few times about the different things that collects in our sort of aura, our system, our mm-hmm. mind, our thoughts, our feelings, all of that stuff that's not ours, some stuff right. that's ours. Yeah. So that's a nice phase to start with is people just to experience and and have that stillness and work towards having more of that if the life is mainly busy and chaotic. And if it isn't, it's a conscious way of applying some very simple techniques and then seeing what what happens. So the other element, you know, uh, to sort of cover as well then is about um, gratitude so what Davaji uh, talked about, and again, it's uh, with other yogis, other <coughs> philosophers. Are you clearing your throat this. chakra? Yes, I think so. <laughs> um, science, you know, the science is emerging that's showing us that uh, practicing gratitude, you wake up in the morning and if your thoughts are of a depressive nature and you to prevent that cycle, you can think of... Uh, different experiences and uh that you you've got some gratitude for and and you can either do it uh something every day but again it is there's a lot of power behind that of how Mm -hmm. it shifts our state and it can be the very simple things if it's really hard to find something that you have gratitude for it can be the really simple things of i'm really grateful i can feel the carpet beneath my feet i've got some food in the cupboard the sun is shining through the window And it's that process that sort of Vesta Hicks talks about in the law of attraction. She talks about the sort of 18 second rule in a way, which is where you keep focusing. You can either use 18 seconds to have all the negative cycles going through your mind and get locked into that thought, Mm. or you can apply that same skill that is detrimental in a positive way and lock a different thought process in by focusing on, I'm grateful for this. The sun is shining. My kitchen surfaces are lovely. The flower is growing. Um, My dog is beautiful. My child has drawn me this beautiful picture. And it moves us out of the procrastination. It moves us out of all of the scenarios that we're creating, especially if we're an anxious person, to start doing that. But it also has a deeper mechanism of focusing the mind by the time you've sort of ran over the 18, 20, 24 seconds and apply this consistently every day, each time you do that, it is so much harder for the brain to keep conjuring up the stuff that occupies your thoughts most yep. of the time. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've talked about this a few times, but you, you wake up and you list three things that you're grateful for, right? It doesn't have anything massive. It, yeah. it just, it's a transition. And the reality of this is you're training your brain. Mm. You're becoming, a, you're trying to master your thought patterns. You're trying to create new highways. create systems. some new matter, some gray yeah. matter. That, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, the new highway systems that lead you into these exactly. new thought processes. It's very important to know that we are quite capable of being masters of ourselves. And part of that mastery is retraining thought patterns, retraining, you know, I, uh, when I started the work, I, every day it was just negative, negative, negative. Mm-hmm. Every I would wake up negative. My thought patterns would be negative. I would have to really fight myself to get back into this positive. Tough at first. It is, it's but tough. in the I learned pretty quickly on that if I started my morning with my three gratitudes and an affirmation statement in front of a mirror, or even laying in the bed, depending on how quickly I had to get up out of bed. Um, it really began my day in a different space. Yeah. Uh, a more calm natured space where I'm able to 
find the joys in these smaller things. Now I'm not saying it's an overnight thing, but when you start putting the gratitude behind every, everything that you do, even when you're going through rough spots, there is gratitude to be found in it. Mm -hmm. Um, when you, when you find yourself going into this grateful nature, you'll become that grateful nature. And it's just a natural transition and science is backing that. So it's, you know, this is, and it's something really easy in concept. And even to list three things in the beginning can be hard when you're in a deeper depression. Mm -hmm. So I always recommend writing down the three things you're gratitude, you're grateful for and putting it maybe in your mirror. Sometimes I, people will write it on lipstick on their mirror, which I think is awesome. I just, I couldn't do that. It, it would it's whatever that part of me is. I'm like, no lipstick on the mirror. So, but, but yeah, it really having something up visual that captures your attention. Yeah. If you're, it it reminds you. And so some people put little, uh, those, uh, post-it sticky notes, um, on their mirrors in their bathroom. I've noticed that the bathroom is a key place to place your daily, or even like a refrigerator. Somewhere that you're going to look at a lot of the time. Yeah. You're going to be consistently looking at, you're not going to be skipping over and you know, might be skipping the fridge first thing in the morning, but you're not skipping that mirror first thing in the morning. Cause you have to brush your teeth, wash your face, do things like yeah. make sure you're not, you know, crazy looking before you're leaving. So, you know, gratitude is, is a, a bigger deal than we make it out to be, um, as a, as a general, as a, you know, consistency across the board, gratitude will change your life. Gratitude yes. is a life changing thing it to is. have. It really yeah. does change your existence. In isolate, well, obviously we need to breathe, but you know, the two well, together. Yeah. 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 And I think your key points, and and this is what we've seen, uh, you know, in a lot of the work that we do with people, whether it's in wellbeing or uh, whether it's a sort of clinical application, is creating those new neural pathways. And mm-hmm. what some of the research has showed about early childhood is if the child has, has been devoid of loving, uh, attachments and strong relationships the brain won't necessarily develop those spaces in mm-hmm. there where the child can you know experience love and joy and happiness and all that so sometimes we have to put pathways where there aren't any or we what we have to do is rather than going down the same pathway which is all of that embedded negative stuff and you're right it does take it does take time and it takes practice right. i would but actually like I guarantee to... well i was just I'm so say, sorry that's all right. I guarantee though, at, at some stage, and it can be quicker for some people than others, that you will notice the benefit of this by applying this every day. Right. And I would, I would like to dive into how we find gratitude daily um, in a podcast one time. I think that would be a really great thing yeah. because sometimes it feels so out of reach yeah. and sometimes it does, especially, um, you know, from personal experience, being a child that, you know, didn't receive a a substantial amount of love growing up. It's, it is something that you have to train yourself to do. And at first it doesn't feel like it's working. It doesn't feel like it's working. It's not working. My day is still, yeah. Or it feels like you're being selfish or you're doing something bad or, you know, why, why is it okay to say, I am grateful that, you know, I would find myself feeling guilty for being grateful that I had these nice things around me, you know, that I almost wasn't deserving of them, but at the same time, I'm grateful for them. And, and it would be almost this catch 22. I would walk myself through, but the more I did it, the more I realized I wasn't being selfish. I wasn't yeah. being any of this. And it's, it's just how I was conditioned and, yeah. and that it's okay to be grateful for the things that are in your existence, be it material, emotional, spiritual, you are allowed to feel grateful for these things. Yeah. Cause well, we're just not, um, we're just not brought up that way are we a lot of people you know or it or it might be you should be grateful you've got food on your plate and you know there's so many starving children out there and that's not the way to elicit this so um yeah I think both of us and anyone who's listened to any of the podcasts we've done before will Mm -hmm. have heard that both of us have periods in our life where Mm -hmm. um it wasn't you know about joy happiness and gratitude it was about days under the duvet not wanting to get out not having the energy not being motivated and if somebody would have said to me 30 years ago you know focus on gratitude breathe what you know I probably would have looked at them like they were fairly strange (laughs) and annoying as well (laughs) however I think if someone had taught me about sticking to something and trying it and being a bit of a scientist in your own experience towards your own mastery, 
I might have taken it on board because sometimes it looks so simple. It's what you want about, you know, we expect there to be a big, uh, a big thing you have to do in order to have a, enough or a big change. And right. it's not, it's, not you, it. you join them up, you join the dots, you can do these separate because if you haven't applied, if you're changing some of your behavior, sometimes it's easy to bring in one behavior a week. So the first week could be that you're focusing on your breathing and you're just breathing mm-hmm. in and out and you set your timer and you say, right, once an hour for 10 seconds, I'm going to focus on my breath and you can set yourself that goal. Then in week two, you can say, right now, week two, I'm going to focus on gratitude. Obviously you're going to breathe anyway, right? You're breathing anyways. And you're now you're a little bit up. more mindful that you need now to be it's more mindful. These. And now you're in week two. And by end of week three, you're, it's natural for you to take time out to, or check yourself. Am I breathing deeply enough? Yeah. yeah. And, and then you can mix, blend the gratitude into that. So yeah, yeah. that's what you can do sort of at that, uh, at that point. So the other elements are, are also about, um, you know about trust hmm. so trust is a is an interesting thing because when when you say to people you know it's about trust what are we trusting are we trusting somebody else and often when people have hard times in relationships or things have gone wrong it's about the trust that they put in the person or is it that we're putting the trust in ourselves or we're putting trust in a higher power is it that we're making more of a commitment to ourselves but trust is also part of the journey the trust that um i can i trust that i'm able to commit to myself to sitting back in the chair a few times a day and focusing on this and going for a walk you know so there is an important level as well in this about about trust right and that the universe will deliver if we let go of you know all of the things that cloud are true sense of who we are yeah yeah because trust is a it's a fickle thing in this day and age and i'm sure ever forever it's been a thing but for me it always starts with self once i learn to trust myself yeah you know depending on whatever level it is you're working in whatever comes to mind i trust myself to do this i trust myself to believe this i trust myself for this um then once you've mastered that trust within self then you can begin to, if you believe in a higher power, you can, it's easier to begin to trust in a higher power. And then you can start working your way out to the interpersonal. I can now trust what this person is saying to me. Now I can trust what this person is delivering their message to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but until you've learned to trust self, I wouldn't recommend putting fingers out too far beyond that, just because you're going to start having that bite back. Uh, but yeah, yeah, depending on where you're at inside of your level of work, you know, trust comes in tears, trust comes in layers and you have to just work through each one. And that is definitely something that to this day I work on deeply is, you know, I I've learned to trust myself. I've learned to trust in my higher power that, cause I do believe in a higher power, um, or at least a, a more all knowing power. And, you know, so I'm still developing trust within others and inside of my relationships. And so this is an ongoing thing that you work through, but once you gain that trust within yourself, the other mm-hmm. pieces start to fall into place because you trust your guidance, you trust your intuition, you trust that you're going to make the right decision. And also if you're, you know, we're talking about a sort of coming from a storm, you know, coming from this place that experienced as a storm and moving into more settled land is if you've had several storms, there can be a part of you that's afraid to trust because we're expecting the storm. But you can also look at that in whatever happens, I trust that I will remain centered and manage whatever the stuff is that goes on around me. And you can look back at past events. So I used to, it was like doing a timeline in a way, I draw a line with clients and say, right, tell me about all the experiences you've had where they've gone from your perception well, you know, and they draw them above the line. And now all the other experiences you've had, not all of them, you know, because we've got hundreds under the line that didn't go so well. 
and what was going on when it was going well and, and what were the feelings that that elicited and how did you how did you trust to go for that idea or do that thing yeah. so it's also getting people to think about what were the what was the sort of key ingredients involved that made that be be a thing that seemed to work out and what are some of the key ingredients so now some things are out of our control because we can right. have illness and struck by lightning and you know we can well, have a crash yeah that's part of being in the center of the will the goal of <laughs> yeah. being the center of the will is but life still is full have, of ups and downs yeah. yeah but we still will have this neutral zone that we can mm-hmm. that we can create so trust is a tricky one but there, there is something within thinking about how what does trust mean right well even the basic of i trust that i'm going to regulate my breathing i trust that i'm going to find gratitude in daily existence i trust that i am going to keep myself on task because i trust in the knowing that i deserve to have these things yeah you know there's there's some real basic trust guidelines that you can teach yourself that will open a can of worms if you will and 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 these can of worms are actually really good for you so yeah there's trust is a, is a many layered thing but when you're reaching you know this trying to find the stillness trust in your breath i trust that i'm going to breathe in and out i trust that i'm going to allow my body to relax i trust that i'm going to find gratitude today you know, just basic trust things that will give you a momentary glimpse of stillness, which I call Zen, you know, Mm -hmm. this momentary Zen trusting that you'll find that space is, is, Mm -hmm. is a big thing for, for the beginner side. And that that. can be, and and it can feel more of a challenge at times when you're coming out of the storm or you're coming through a transition out of a situation that didn't feel great. Um, and you don't quite know where you're heading next or what the land's going to look like. Mm -hmm. So you can either not trust it and feel shaky and ungrounded, or you can learn to trust through all those experiences you've had that have worked out. Actually, it will be okay. And there was somebody that turned up at that time that helped me out and helped me get this furniture and helped connect with people in in the area. And, and it sort of starts to elicit similar to the gratitude a different space of being that opens you up to be more receptive to what is there for you whereas mm. when you don't trust and you're anxious and you're fearful it's almost like your energy field starts to contract and come in and mm-hmm. you become small and enclosed mm-hmm. when you start to trust yourself and you, you can start to feel expansive. It's like, I'm okay, yeah. I'm in the world, I can feel the walls, I can see. Mm. And your energy field can get expansive. And what that allows then is all of the things that we can't see around us at the moment because it's not in our field of vision and it's not in our periphery are there for us to access or resources that we can break, call forth towards us. But we can't be open and receptive to that while we're in a state of fear and overwhelm and shock and anxiety and worry and all of that. So we've got to apply these techniques to help this process, because if we're in this space and we know we've moved out of this storm and it's good, but we don't quite know where we're at then it's even more important to not try and reach for things. And if you haven't got something tangible to reach for, like a new job or you've bought the new house or you're buying the new, the, the, you're painting it up, or you, what will happen is your brain will do the same job of reaching for all the things that it thinks it should reach for. Mm-hmm. So in a way, what we've got to do is capitalise on this moment of when I'm still and I breathe, it feels like this. And when I feel gratitude, it feels like this. And it's like layering that up mm-hmm. so that you're less called, your brain is less called to those things around you that it wants to grasp at right. because your brain's job is like, you've got to be safe. You've got to be safe. And if you have experienced a lot of turbulence and you've not felt safe over time, then you've got to get your center of gravity and ramp that up. Hence why I, I really practice this, uh, state of every day getting into this still place 
because then going back to trust it's also linked to your own intuition your own internal guidance and it's a bit like we've got our own google maps really we've got our own internal guidance Mm -hmm. that has a has a sort of satellite that goes and scans (laughs) the environment and you know gives us this sense of and we can feel the waves of what is obvious and not obvious without realizing it especially if you're a more sensitive person and more and more people are waking up to their level of sensitivity and their they level are. of intuition. Yeah. Well, and when you practice a little bit of breath work, a little bit of gratitude and a little bit of trust, you it be kind of amazed it. how it does. And it's it quick. It, it yeah. is. And especially in those moments of, of practicing that in that moment, you're going to start really breaking through to new understandings of self. You're going to start yeah. things come what I would just I am picture as coming online, things exactly. start to, to start to waken up and say, oh, this is an old system that's up and running because yeah. there was, I had to dust off the cobwebs on it. And, but and now, now, yeah, but yeah. now, now I'm having an upgrade. You yeah. Know, I've gone and from windows, windows five to windows 10 now. Yeah. And that's a pretty massive upgrade. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. having an upgrade. So join me in this moment. Okay. So you're in your center and you've taken your breaths and you sat in the chair and you take your awareness right into your heart center because your heart has it is responsible for this magnetic field that we have around us mm-hmm. that science is starting to be able to read the effects of different experiences it has on us what mm-hmm. fear and shock and trauma and all those things do is close us down and close the heart center down so you tune in And you imagine you can give it a colour and you can put your hand on it. You can feel the warmth. So you take your attention there and you allow that. And you imagine now that that's growing like a a light bulb that you've just changed. And it's strong and it's lighting up and it's lighting up. And you imagine a bit like when you've done the meditation with calling in the light and the breath. You breathe in. So you're breathing in the light now. And you take it in. And you can even do the movement of expanding your chest and you imagine that and you you still centered whenever your mind starts to get distracted back to my feet I feel how I feel on the chair I take my breath and I'm in my heart and you imagine now that you're radiating that out and some people will have a color and some will have a sensation so I can now see pink and blue and it radiates out and you make that wider so what that does that expansiveness it can create that sense of peace, that lifting up. You'll have a different experience of it. And all you've got to do is visualize doing that. You're in your solid state on the chair where you feet on the floor or you lay on the sofa and you're tuning into your heart. Mm. And now you're expanding that. Now the next step is your brain might go, yeah, but what if, blah, you know, so you've got this internal dialogue. Mm-hmm. So what you do is if you have those thoughts come in, the other part of you, the intelligent, wise part of you says, go away, you're talking nonsense. And you can even imagine saying that, you're talking nonsense, go away. Bugger off. Right. And they might still come in because it's a bit like if we've had those thoughts and they are well played record. Yeah, well, they're super highways yeah. now, right? Yeah, you've you've established that highway inside of your So they're brain. like that. Yeah. I want attention. Yeah. I want, um, I want to ask you about why your response was this way back in 2012. So you just allow, you know, that expansiveness, but you've got those thoughts coming in. So this is where, and I think I spoke about this on a, on another, um, podcast that we did, this is where having some kind of mantra, some mm-hmm. mantra sounds a bit esoteric, but rather than allowing the thoughts to, to take hold and be strong, is you then need to be saying something like, and it can be simple things like, I am calm, I'm seated yeah. on this chair, I'm relaxed. If you don't feel those things, you have to call it through process. You have to say, you do. I'm getting calmer. Yeah. I'm becoming more relaxed. Remember, we're training our brain. Exactly. And part of that requires, you know, you're not going to go and power lift, a, you know, 300 pounds yeah. out the gate. You, so it we're takes in the time. process. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the, 
we can call it a mantra, you can call it an affirmation, you can call yeah. it an I am statement, uh, whatever relates to the path that you're on. But in the day, you're just training your brain to say, I am larger than what the negative thought is the, yeah. the I am enough. I am at peace. Yeah. I am calm. I am getting calmer. I am filled with love, any, whatever the opposite kind of almost like, uh, whenever you're in, on a debate and you mm. have to come so back if your voice is saying, you know, you're, you're no good. It's like, well, I am getting, I'm getting better and better because right. if I your confidence better. is low in yourself, you've got yeah. to frame it in that way. Again, I, um, if you can't find yourself loving yourself. Let's go to a neutral statement and yeah. the neutral statement I, um, being, I am trying, I am, I am better. here. You yeah. can, or true statements, which is, I am here, I am sat on mm. the chair, I am getting calmer, I can feel the wind on my face. Yeah. But again, it's the the statements as you're focusing on that means that everything else that normally comes in shouldn't be getting the voice now. So this right. is that process. Kind of like shutting the door on the voice. You're not yeah, listening. And you and can if even it... imagine that you're doing that. And if it's really yeah. hard to do it, you can draw it beforehand yeah here's the voice here's the words he's here's the phrases because often there'll be phrases that are, are repeated over and over again especially if you've um in the past i don't know if, i think i told you this early on um but i used to talk at conferences and uh i spoke at a conference once years ago uh, but at the same time i used to be incredibly sh uh, shy as a girl and uh and when I started doing my therapy training, even talking in the group and talking about cases or my ideas used to send me into a, into a panic, like literally boom, 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 like the cartoons, my heart pounding, sweating, my throat would squeeze. Mm. Um, anyway, so did experience that a few times, but the adult part of me is like, what's wrong with you? It's okay, you know, just get through it. But the physiological experience was really mm. powerful. And uh, anyway, so I was asked to talk at this conference. This was, God, about eight years ago. And uh, <laughs> I was sat in the front and I was part of an organisation. So I knew four of the other speakers and it was about what my work that I was doing in schools. And, uh, and I was fine until the person was speaking before that I was due to get up. And all of a sudden my heart started pounding anyway. I goes into one of the side rooms to um, to focus on my breath, to calm myself down, to work on my thoughts. My body was having none of it. Mm. So I probably stopped myself because I've learned techniques so I, I don't go into panic, but this is how people can end up in panic. Right. It just gets too much. The physiology is now on full alert. Yep. Your, your body's going, what? Wah, wah, you know like yeah, really yeah. all the alarm bells yeah all the alarm bells so i'm trying to practice this so anyway rem remaining fairly uh conscious but <laughs> all of these sensations are going wild anyway so i'm like breathing i sit in the chair and i'm like breathing trying to bring my heart rate down which felt impossible at the time and it's only now looking back of doing several things over the years that uh, I think my body has just learned to trust, you see. My system has learned to trust that I'll be okay. But my right. system didn't feel like that at the time. So I get up and I start talking. And uh, and then the rest I don't really remember. Because <laughs> uh, apparently I was talking for 20 minutes. And then and it became aware well. at some point someone, <laughs> someone wanted me to stop talking. And then the whole room as I became aware, was looking at me like over 200 people and there was silence. And in my head, you know, it's like, what's just happened? And, mm. you know, it was just this whole experience of not really knowing what was going on and go and, and talking, but not really uh, almost being in control. So, you know, what's the worst thing that people often fear is doing public talking and it all going wrong? Um, or not, you know, making a mistake, tripping up or anything like that. And uh, anyway, so <laughs> break well, time also, comes. Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you 
<laughs> no, it was just, Danielle, well, <laughs> it was the it was the example of um having the experience and sometimes your physiology is so wired that no matter how many techniques you've got that right. can kick in and when we had the break I did there was a guide from one of the local newspapers that said you know he really liked my talk but he's glad he recorded it because I talk so fast <laughs> so let's get like, this out now <laughs> <laughs> which I used to do when I was really, mm-hmm. really anxious like now I talk a lot slower than I, than I used to do so anyway I'm dr- and this is the the other element one is we've got the physiology that is just kicking off right with with us trying to control it so probably the tools that I apply to stop it getting worse and help to me sort of feel grounded but they weren't enough to switch off the alarm system right then I have that experience and then I'm thinking oh my career is over I really thought that is it my career is over and uh and then not knowing what did I say did I'm did I say, because I used to over prepare, I used to overwrite stuff. I used to, when I was doing presentations, I would prepare for weeks and weeks and weeks and go over it and practice. I didn't trust I could just say stuff, right? So right. I'd have to over prepare. And then, um, so anyway, the conference is finished and people around you are always nice, aren't they? So even if you've been the so-called worst person speaking that day because there's always somebody that's going to be better than the other person you know we sometimes people just rate people in that way right and uh anyway so I'm driving home and that's the next layer is oh my god what did I do that is it end of career and I'm in this state so then I thought well it's happy now anyway so I've got back into work because it was my day job job it was other voluntary work I was doing so I lived with that experience for quite a while and I've had smaller experiences like that where I've just had this physiology that just kicked off and uh, the wired feeling came in. But what was sort of fascinating about this one event is the, um, the lady that ran the organisation used to have somebody recording it and she'd have someone typing it up what every speaker discussed so she could do the newsletter verbatim like everything they said anyway about two years later they were a bit slow through the post I got the transcript of the of the day and I was like did I say all that and it was actually really good (laughs) I'm not surprised yeah um you know something I've always learned for myself is to rephrase something so we call it anxiety right yeah. One day I decided to flip the script and call it nervous excitement. Nervous excitement. Well, yeah. And and our um, tutor used to say the same thing. She said, anxiety and excitement are two sides of the same coin. They are. And so when I, re- yeah. when I rewrote that script, I found my that part of your brain that's curious, being more curious about the excitement than the nervousness. And yeah. that it's like, you, we can say it's natural to be nervous about new events or new things or of something course. that you're about to step into. So we kind of yeah. already got ourselves equipped from a young age to say nervousness is natural. And then when I would put nervous excitement with it, it was like, well, I am excited to be doing this. This is why I'm doing it. So if I took the yeah. anxiety terminology out of the way and I replaced it with nervous excitement, my body began to respond different because my brain is not responding different. Mm. It was very interesting for me to do that, but I, I learned to take on the, the new term. I'm, I'm feeling um, nervous excitement for what's happening as opposed to this is bringing on anxiety for me. And that seemed to be a, a way to turn around my body's physiological response system yeah. to reframing. anxiety. Yeah. yeah. So reframing is a process as well, that uh, a technique that you can use in therapy where you, where you do reframe scenarios. Okay. And, um, what happens sometimes when people come out of say the storm or an experience that's been familiar that they don't mm-hmm. want anymore is even if they want, um, like I did, I was having these new experiences and learning new information that was interesting and write up what I wanted to do. Right. But you can then be asked to do something and it can be anything for anyone. It could have been uh, somebody's been asked to write something. They could have been really nervous. 
to do the teas and coffees that day. It doesn't matter what the thing is. If the thing that you've been asked to do comes in your direction, because this is what also happens when you tap into your heart and you expand yourself and you imagine that your energy field is expanding, new opportunities can come in your way. But then the old brain, the old or the old Mm -hmm. part of the information might come along and go, hang on a minute. So there's a part of you wants to step forward and experience those new experiences or the intuition wants to discern which out of those different opportunities are coming in my direction do not want to take because sometimes mm-hmm. you can have lots of things come in your direction mm-hmm. at once you can be sat there thinking there is nothing to do i've moved almost like i've moved to a new city my i've got no friends now i've got no job and you're starting right from scratch and you're expanding yourself and you're just being okay in that space opportunities can come from all over the place once you start to just trust that you're okay where you are however it's then using your discernment to work through that but even if this opportunity has come whether it is join a meetup group and go kayaking or you know speak at a conference or make tea and coffee at the local voluntary organization whatever that is it's a part of you that goes oh, i'm really interested in that mm-hmm. but the the other part of your brain will go no 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 i'm not sure about that so of course sets off that fight or flight that we've talked about in several episodes so not only are we sort of thinking about how you come through the storm and the fears and the anxieties that are there and use these techniques to reduce or eliminate and clear those fears and those anxieties but then when that's cleared then what is that right so that's when we're in an interesting space. Now, where right. am I? Now, what, where, where am I? What is this? This place. And if you have literally moved to a new house and you're waiting to start a new job, you really are starting from, well, what is that? Where's the local shop? Where do I get my hair done? Where yeah. do I pay my bills? Where can I go and get? So you you are really in that space. But what also comes in that you don't know when you're walking down the shop, who you're going to bump into, what information you're going to hear, a more direction you're going to travel and you might think that road looks really interesting because your curiosity's kicked in so it's all of the beautiful things that can start to occur when you apply what are very simple techniques but are the grounding forces to center yourself and reduce or clear those emotional states that were there at the time for a reason that don't need to be there now yeah and you can look at that and say it was a storm and I might have gone a bit overboard and told all my neighbors blur at that moment and oh maybe I did this and maybe I did that or maybe I didn't do anything and I've been at home and I've done nothing for months and now I'm stepping back out especially in the last year when people have uh the the distractions the the external stuff hasn't been there because i even find if i'm going out now the idea of being in a group of people and the noise level it's a noise level for me i've always been noise sensitive so now it feels like someone's turned the lights up really bright and the volume's gone from five to ten sometimes so i use those steps of how can i sense myself get my breath and then how can i you navigate the times of the day when I'm less exposed to that, to the other times of the day where I might be more exposed. Going back to your point about awareness, your awareness is key to who you are and who you're growing into. So there's a real opportunity when you land in this new space to sit and be still and just experience what you're experiencing and then think, what do what and then think of steps what are the what do I have to do today because it needs to be done so you need a new tire for your car so you have to do that safe safety what do I want to do today well I want to be out in nature okay I'll I'll take a drive after I've got the new tire and I'm going to walk around the lake what uh could I do oh a friend's offered to go coffee the kids want to go swimming or whatever and so you can then start to see those things in a, in a different way with a different perspective. Yeah. And then discern which ones 
because of course there's always things we you know if you've got children you've got a job or there's always things right. that you have to do and you have to do right now but it's how do you balance that so then when you if you've then got too many of those things you take the breath again and you go back into this centered place yeah. and you leave it alone and you give yourself even three minutes of just the breathing yeah. and it will clear it and really does consistent practice yeah. Yeah. really can make a difference so breath gratitude trust yeah and then we've got two more what's the next one two more i think we'll cover those in part two i like that yeah That's beautiful yeah 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 um those three right there are creating a stillness that allows that space to become the observer and yeah. no matter what that situation is you you can be as you were just talking about it right before you're about to go on stage find the opportunity of stillness so you can get yourself back into and i will say that the majority of the times that i go into any type of speaking i do i end up i i've it's funny because i've always considered it um almost like a channeling where mm -hmm. if i am clear in my thought and i'm just talking and i'm not paying attention to what's around me because i know it's my time to speak that it feels more like i'm just being guided to say what i'm saying and it's okay mm -hmm. if i don't have memory of it because it was being guided and that's been my whole life even as you know even talking school when you would be in speech classes or something and you'd have to give a you know a five ten minute speech mm -hmm. in front of people and everybody get worked up and nervous i would just remember i would prepare myself i'd get up there and then i would go blank beyond anything of what I, other than what I was speaking. And I would forget what I was saying. I would forget that, you know, all of that. I would not have a clue what I just talked about, but I would always take that as a success for myself. If I don't remember, and I wasn't stumbling over words and I wasn't constantly overthinking yeah. that, then I must've yeah. been doing something right. <laughs> well, it's, and it was, that's the point actually, because as I learned about myself, and I learned to trust that the information is there. It resides in me. Everything I've learned and thought and been a part of will come. What I was doing, I was blocking myself with these practices mm. of um, I must do this and must do that in order to try and create this almost like level of perfection. Right. We're actually now coming in the way. And I think early on in my career, they helped, you know, they, yeah. that way of setting things up because it was a way of managing you see and this is what happens if you're centered and you're still and you're in flow you, you don't even have the um desire or even start uh eliciting some of those ideas about setting things up it just doesn't happen anymore or it will because i can feel when i'm doing it so now what i do and we again talked a few weeks ago is i'm now using drawings to capture the image of what i want to do so now i use the imagery or the motif or the symbol to be the prompt that contains all the information of what i want to cover but it only provides it provides the sort of launch part pad it's like i've got the introduction and then and then go but it, but again this takes us back to trust because right. i then have to trust a bit like when i was working as a therapist and i said to you you know i'd been working for quite a few years and i'd learned all these different theories and then i read loads of uh different ideas about working with young people and realized you know you have to work a bit differently but i remember starting to go blank and going blank was unnerving for me and then i realized when i was in that blank space i was really receiving the client and i used to have some of the best therapeutic moments when i was just in this place of pure almost like pure flow there was mm. a there was an exchange there was a dance in that interaction that mm. i didn't in that moment it was like I don't, nothing's coming to me and it used to be like I used to try and capture what we talked about the week before how have you been since we talked about x but in a way what that really was doing was taking them back to the week before and some people progress so quick you that you don't need to take them there right. what you need to do is receive them where they are right. so when you receive them where they are 
you go blank sometimes because you're now entering into a whole new territory with them. They've not been in that space with you this week and you've not been in that space, but it was about trust and it was about trusting the process. And when I started trusting it, I received everyone differently that walked through the door and I could tell where it changed each, each time then. That's beautiful. Trust is a a beautiful thing and it takes, it it does take time but it's worth the time. It's worth the effort. And as I always tell people, you're deserving of trusting yourself, trusting the situation and knowing that at the end of the day, something beyond you has your back. Just, yeah. Yeah. So, so if it's okay for the last few minutes, I think I'd just like to revisit the breathing. Yeah. Get to a position here to take a deeper breath. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is, is you find your comfortable spot because um, when people's bodies are a bit stiff and sore, it can make meditating and even sitting really difficult. And the moment you slow down, you can start to notice all your aches and pains. Mm-hmm. So if you do, you just notice it and you accept that it's like, it's okay. So just breathe in slowly and notice now as you breathe in, how far down you can take your breath. And as you breathe out, let your shoulders drop. And let your feet relax on the floor. And imagine that your ankles are just, they're relaxing. They're they're like relaxing really deeply. And as you take another deep breath in, imagine that that breath is going even deeper. And it's going right down the central channel of your body, into your hips, right down your legs, into the floor. And with every breath, any anxiety, fear or tension just melts. It just melts right into the floor. And you can just feel what your body feels like as you sit in the chair. Feel your arms as whether you're leaning on the back of the chair or against the wall. And even just noticing that within a few short breaths, as you now take your next breath. And you just let yourself drop even more into that deeper feeling of relaxation. You might even notice that your eyelids just relax and drop. And even the muscles in the top of your head just seem to be relaxing and all the stress and tension contained within your system just runs down trickles down your central channel down your legs into the floor and as you take another deep breath you might wonder just where that breath goes expanding your lungs clearing out all of the old toxins releasing those and letting them go And just feeling that sense of deep relaxation. Sometimes some people start to feel really peaceful or bliss even now as you relax and go deeper into that experience. And you're just aware. And any thoughts that may pop in your head just imagine you've either attached them to balloons or you've got a bouncer on the door of your mind and he's telling them to go away they don't live there there's no place because you can go into your heart you can take your awareness to your heart centers you breathe in and you relax even more and your heart is where you trust that what you need to know what you need to do will just occur to you And as you tap into the heart center, imagine now that as you take your breath deeper into your body, it's clearing and releasing any concerns or anxieties or fear and allowing them to just dissipate. But your heart center, wow, that just can start to radiate. That can get stronger and stronger, start to pulsate in your body. And just imagine now that you're expanding that state as though it's radiating out into your aura. And you can give that a colour. You can imagine this a beautiful, swirling colour 
radiating all around your body, up and down, round and round as you breathe in. And you breathe out. So that was just a really short meditative experience of just focusing on your breath and be mindful of how you feel as you sit in the chair. And it took three minutes. Yeah. And three minutes each time in your day, you do that and wondrous things can occur. It's true. It's I'm I'm very relaxed right now. <laughs> you, you took me into a very relaxed space. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So I think on that, we'll do part two. Sounds good. Brilliant. I'm excited. Lovely. Thank you yeah. for the, thank you for today. Thank you, Daniel, as well. Thank you.